happy I just got just by seeing you. <laughs> oh, I missed you. I missed you too. I know it's still not still quite been forever. I know it's still not like quite the same because you're I on know. the screen, but at least it's something. <laughs> Very true. All right. So what's new? What's been going on? Well, I guess nothing has to be new, but what you've been doing? Working. Working. Yeah. 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 Got some new kids. Oh, that's right, because their new year started, right? Is that how it works? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. Our school year starts August 14th, 13th. So you just have summer kids? Whatever that Monday is of the... So you just have summer kids right now, and then the new school year starts, and those summer kids are going to be in your class? We have... um, I still have a few kids left from my uh my class from the school year from mm-hmm. the 20 22 23 school year mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that sounds weird but yes i think that's right yeah um <laughs> <laughs> uh and then some of them leave for the summer and then come back depending on mm-hmm. whether they are coming to us for pre-k or if they're going to pk yeah and then um some new kids start in June, some in July. It just depends on what they need and what we have space for. Yeah. How many new, How many for... new kids did you just get? I've had four new kids start so far. Okay. So, yeah. Four new kids to get used to. Do we like the four kids or do we not like the four kids? <laughs> I do like them. It's just, it's just hard. You know, it's a lot of new personalities to figure out. Have they been to preschool before or is this their first time? Um, I want to say most of them it's their first time mm-hmm. um, but I'm not really sure but they're just they're so young um, they've all just turned three. Oh my god <laughs> yeah, they're itty bitty oh man gosh yeah. I sometimes when I think about the fact that you're working with such young kids like it mm-hmm. always throws me off a little bit. I don't know why I forget how young actually like three year olds actually are. Yeah, totally. That's they wow. are very crazy. Yeah. So work, anything else? Anything fun? Not really. Just same old stuff, you know. Same old stuff. Yeah. 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 Pretty much. Just sitting around. I'm like much. I just miss Amber so much. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly what I've been doing. You're probably uh, happy to have a three-week break from recording podcasts. I'm torn. I'm torn about that. It's It's getting better. We're getting better. Yeah. But hopefully, um, I think so. I don't know. I haven't listened to them in a while, so (laughs) I could just be a little out of it. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yep. Oh, man, I am so tired. So, I bet. When so, did you so, actually so. get back? Late last night. So we flew home. We left Nairobi. It was, we left my sister's place at 9 p.m. on Sunday, which okay. was 11 a.m., here in California mm-hmm. and got back I got back to dropped my dad off at his place at like 7 30 p.m which okay. on on Monday 
which was technically Tuesday right. <laughs> in Nairobi. So it was a very, very long, long, yeah. long, long travel time. It was like, for sure. I think with like today. drive times and layovers and that kind of thing, it was something like 30 something hours. Oof. So a little, a little yeah, sleepy a today. Of, a lot of travel time. It is. Yeah. But I still wanted to record something because one of our goals was to stay consistent. <laughs> And it was so, it would have been so easy for me to be like, mm, we're just going to skip this week or we'll put it out later. But I wanted to stay on it and be consistent like we said we were going to. So, you know, here we are. <laughs> here we are. Here we are. Um, so what what was your favorite part of your trip? Wow. The very, your very favorite thing. Or nice. do you have just one or a top three? You know, it's even hard to pick a top three, to be honest. Oh, wow. It was just such a new experience. This, so this trip was my third time to the African continent, but it was my first time in, we went to Kenya and then Zanzibar, which is an island off the coast of Tanzania. Uh-huh. And so I'll just kind of, I guess I can go over the whole trip and then mark kind of which one was okay. the best parts. Um, so we flew originally to, from San Jose to all the way to Nairobi, but we stopped in Amsterdam. We had a seven hour layover in Amsterdam on the way there. Okay. And originally... I was like, oh, seven hours, that's plenty of time to leave the airport and, like, go see the city. My sister was like, yeah, it's no big deal. It's going to – it's super easy. It's super quick. And so as soon as we get into, like, the customs line for, like, passport control to get out of the airport to the city, the line was, like – it took, probably took about an hour and so we get to the passport guy for him to like stamp the passports and stuff. And my dad goes, Oh yeah, is it a, we're going to like go out into the city and we're going to come back. Cause they ask you like, Oh, why are you here? And how long are you here? And I was like, yeah. like three hours, four hours. And the guy was like, what? And my dad's like, Oh, is that not enough time? The guy was like, mm, not really kind of like making it seem like it was kind of crazy to leave the airport. And we got all these like, conflicting opinions that it's going to take so long to get back into the airport and go through security and do all the things because I guess Amsterdam is such a popular airport but um, so we did leave the airport we had to go we had like backpacks and stuff so they have like a little luggage storage area and you can go store your bags so you don't have to bring them to the city and then you take That's nice. yeah it, it actually was really great because I nobody wants to carry around their backpack and stuff in a big city but the time that we got to Amsterdam like our flight got in at like 5 30 in the morning and so we didn't get out into the city until like 7 30 which in Amsterdam is still apparently really fucking early because Ain't nobody in Amsterdam gets up and starts doing anything until like 8.45, 9 o'clock. Like businesses do not open until 9 o'clock, which 
good for them. <laughs> but that's so not how Americans operate, right? Everything, everybody's on the road, like everybody's moving and doing stuff and businesses in the United States are open pretty early. Like places are open mm-hmm. for breakfast. Not even breakfast places are open in Amsterdam until nine o'clock or later. That's so interesting. See, I don't even remember that. It's been so long since well, I've been there. Yeah. I did not remember that at it's all. It's such a big city and it's like, I literally was walking around and my dad and I were like, wow, where is everyone? <laughs> But then, yeah, yeah, it felt like just like a tumbleweed rolls by. (laughs) Like, that's what it felt like. And then about 8.45, everybody is on a bicycle out and about. Like, just so many bicycles. Um, And, I mean, the city's beautiful. The one kind of bad part was we got there and it happened to be trash day. And so there's just trash everywhere. And, like, people put their trash out. And, you know, in a city, it's just kind of dirty anyways. But I, in my mind, I was like, oh, Amsterdam's going to be so pretty. It's going to be beautiful. And there's just trash everywhere. But, like, after hey. 9 o'clock, all the trash was gone. <laughs> okay. So I was like, okay, note to self. Go back to Amsterdam on a nice day that is after 9 a.m. because then you really can enjoy the city because we had to be back in the airport to catch our flight by like 10 a.m. and so the train from Amsterdam to the airport takes about 20 minutes and so when we knew we were gonna have to get back through security and the the passport guy was basically like it's gonna take you three hours to get through everything it took like maybe 30 minutes I was like we could have had more time, but whatever. We saw the things. We went on a little walk. We got to stretch our legs. The train is very nice <laughs> to Amsterdam from the airport. So that was cool. Um, then we got to Nairobi. And we got there kind of late, so we just kind of went to bed. And then the next day, we went on a walk through this beautiful urban forest called I think it's called Karua shoot I would have to look that up but it's the largest you can you can make something I can make something you wouldn't even know yeah (laughs) but it's the largest I have no idea (laughs) it's the largest urban forest in the world I guess yeah it was really beautiful um it was just me and my dad and Patrick because Shelby had to work she had to go to I think it was I don't know if it was some like government office or an embassy or UN office. I don't know. Um, but so the three of us went on this nice six mile walk. So it was actually kind of long, but it was good to just yeah. move because my ankles and my feet get so swollen when I fly. You fly. Yes. Yeah. Like I mm-hmm. felt just it's so gross. So I needed to move. Um, but then we were only in Nairobi for that day and then the next day we flew to Zanzibar okay and so that we took this like little plane it was about an hour I think flight to the um, coastal side of Kenya which is called we the city is called Mombasa and from Mombasa we flew to Zanzibar and Zanzibar is very beautiful but it's also a very much a developing country so it's 
potholes all over the road. It's a lot of, you know, poverty. It's a lot of stray animals, um, a lot of trash everywhere. But also what is crazy is you see all that, but then there's also these beautiful white sand beaches and everybody is super kind and just happy mm. and nice. And everybody is like, Jumbo, Hakuna Matata, because it's which was so that was really strange too. You know, you think Hakuna Matata is like, oh, it's the Lion King, but I'm like, oh, that's actually Swahili, and that they actually do say that. Yes. <laughs> so that was kind of cool, but like, I actually, I actually knew that. Yeah, I just, I feel like I knew that at some point, but then it didn't click until I was there, like and then people it, were yeah. actually using that in their like everyday mm-hmm. life, and I was like, wait, what? It just the whole time had a kunamatata stuck in my head. Yeah, wait a second. Where am I? Um, But that, I mean, it was really just eye-opening to see the difference in culture and infrastructure, and just also to the the huge differences in you have this. You're in this beautiful tropical location, but then there's also this whole of how these people are living um but everyone is really kind and really happy and nice but one thing also that i noticed both in zanzibar and in nairobi the hustle that people have is incredible everybody is working and not just you know a nine to five office job but they're always trying to sell you something or they're making something. So you're constantly being approached by people trying to be like, oh, do you oh. Wa- do you want to buy this or can I take you out on this boat or do you want to go do this? Uh-huh. Which is to if you're, I don't know, if you're looking at it in a certain way, you can see that as like annoying. But I actually was like, I appreciated their work ethic because they weren't just trying to like ask you for money. They were trying to provide you a service, right? Or a product. They weren't trying to just be like, oh, can I have money or whatever? It was, can I do something for you? Can I work for you so that I can get paid? Which I thought had a lot of value because, you know, in the United States, you see poverty and stuff. But generally when we see it, it's in the terms of like someone holding up a cardboard sign saying, you know, please help me, anything you can spare. Exactly. Right. Whereas these people Mm -hmm. were like, what, what can I do for you? You know, like, right. So that I can make money. You know, it was, I Mm want to provide work for you. Um, and we actually ended up hiring a guy to take us out on a boat to go snorkeling and (laughs) which was a whole ridiculous experience because my dad I didn't realize that snorkeling would be hard for him I don't know if it was because he had just eaten before we went out um but it was a little windy that day and the swell of the ocean was just a little extra and we went out Patrick and Shelby and I get in the water and we were in this place called the Blue Lagoon which I mean it sounds a little the name sounds a little cliche but it was beautiful it there was so much life it was so cool and my poor dad gets in the water and he was struggling (laughs) like I think he started off okay 
but the boat ride there was just a little I think it made him like kind of motion sick or like seasick and so he gets uh-huh. in the water and he's struggling a little bit and Shelby said when she came swimming up to where my dad and I were like my legs were like moving nice and slow and I was super relaxed and she was like he was like kicking like freaking out like almost like a little panicky and then I guess while Patrick and Shelby and I were kind of swimming out my dad was kind of like by himself and he like swallowed a bunch of seawater oh, <laughs> poor no. guy and then he started to panic a little bit and some other boat had to go rescue him <laughs> pull him oh, out of the dad. water yeah I felt so bad I, we all started swimming back and then he got in the boat and then he just got sick he doesn't want to snorkel anymore the rest of the trip so I just yeah snorkeling wasn't for everyone um but Shelby and Patrick and I did enjoy it It was really beautiful the water is crystal clear it is so 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 pretty um and it was just really relaxing we stayed in a really nice Airbnb right on the beach um everyone got to just kind of chill and relax and that was awesome um we did another snorkeling trip that we ended up just getting dumped on it was raining and crazy but it just made for the experience you know we still had a good time and something about being some about that or maybe shelby did maybe shelby i feel like i remember an instagram post about um maybe it was you and patrick actually maybe and shelby posted it yeah 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 yes yes she did um, but it was, it, yeah, it was not the ideal snorkel day, but it was still mm-hmm. nice. I mean, when you get rained on in a tropical location, it's just less miserable than <laughs> like a normal rainy day. But, um, yeah, so that was nice. Then we made it back to Nairobi after that and went, I think we were only again in Nairobi for a day. And then we drove to this national park or this reserve called Masai Mara, which is this really beautiful landscape that is essentially connected to the Serengeti. And it's the only difference is that the Serengeti is in Tanzania and the Masai Mara is in Kenya. So the line essentially that says that you're no longer in the Serengeti and you're now in the Maasai Mara is the country line between okay the Tanzania oh, and cool. Kenya yeah so it was really cool and again the Lion King is supposed to be loosely based in the Serengeti in Tanzania so seeing all the life essentially that you would see in the Serengeti and the Maasai Mara mm-hmm. was excellent and I had been on safari before in South Africa, but something about the Maasai Mara, like we saw so, 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 so much life. It was insane. You would have freaking loved it. It, So are safaris, I mean, is it relaxing? Or do you, I mean, because you've got to your wits about you right yeah I mean, you do yeah you do but um so it's kind of hard to explain in that so you're literally in a vehicle and you're driving around these I guess it's like 
different terrains. You're just driving around this whole time. Okay. And you're in an open-air vehicle, and you're looking for animals. And there, this is just in the wild, right? So essentially, it would be the equivalent of, like, driving around a forest and looking for a bear. It's you're driving around this massive space and hoping that you come across something or see something. And this time of year in Tanzania and the so the Serengeti and the Maasai Mara is the time of year where the great migration starts to occur so it's like the scene from the Lion King where um, Mufasa dies when he gets shoved into the the herd of the wildebeest because the wildebeest stampede because the wildebeest are migrating and they're in this massive mega herd and they're all on the move so we didn't see the wildebeest until the very end of the trip but the zebra start the migration first and so these giant herds of zebra are in the Maasai Mara because they come from Tanzania into the Mara and then the wildebeest come later but so there's tons and tons of zebra in the Mara in these really tall grasses and stuff. So you see a lot of zebra constantly and then a lot of the other herd type animals. So they have like Impala and Thompson's gazelles. They're all like um, the just kind of like deer looking animals. The mm-hmm. um, What would they call them? Well, you know what I mean. But um, I, I know, I know what animals yeah, you're talking they're about. They're just like the hooked animals. Um, yeah. There's these bigger type antelope type things that called topi. So they had a bunch of topi and then they had um, just all kinds of stuff. They had some buffalo. Um, so there's plenty of food for big cats. And so when we were in the Kruger previously in South Africa, I maybe saw I think I saw one leopard once and then lions from like a super far distance so I wasn't ever like super close to any of the cats but in the Mara I saw big cats every freaking day and the I mean when you put like when you commented I think I was like on one of the pictures you're like um I said how close actually are you to this thing so did you get you got out of the vehicle so we did get out of vehicles, but not when the cats are around. Um, okay. So did that look like you were standing right next to that thing? Dude. So one, the first lion that we came across, it was this mama lion and her cub. And so I'll go into a whole story too, because it's actually kind of crazy how, like you see all these um, documentaries and stuff on, you know, National Geographic or Discovery Channel even Disney does them, and you don't realize how cutthroat it is in <laughs> real life, especially when, like, it really pulls on your heartstrings when you see the animal in person. Because when you watch it on TV, it's kind of removed from you, and you're like, ah, oh, well, like, you feel bad, it's sad. But when you're, like, there in person, you're like, oh, no, are, are they going to be okay? Like, it's so anyway so no no they're not yeah right oh my god it's so cutthroat (laughs) no so we see this mama lion and her cub and her cub is i think the our guide said 
he was nine months old, maybe a little younger than that, um, maybe six months old. But he and his mom were by themselves. So, you know, female lions usually are in a pride and you see a bunch of them mm-hmm. together and there's like a, you know, male lion and everybody's a family. But so she left her pride because she had cubs. And I always, in my mind, oh. I was always like, oh, I thought, you know, the lionesses have their cubs and they stay in the pride and everybody raises the cubs together. Mm-hmm. But I guess if you're not top lioness, if you have cubs, you should leave because someone's going to try to kill your cubs. Oh. So she left the pride to protect her cubs. She used to have more than one. So I know immediately so sad. She only just had the one when we saw her and our guide, our guide was so freaking cool. Her name was Nos and her full name is Nasarian, but she just goes by Nos and she was so knowledgeable and patient and funny and just amazing. Like hands down the best guide ever. Like she raises the bar so high and just is fantastic but so she was telling us that um that he she used to have more than one cub and now she just has the one and she's from so the different prides have different names in the park which is also cool that everybody kind of knows who these prides are and well that was that was actually what i was going to ask you is how how do they They see them know. all the time, I guess. And so they see them all the time, so they know and they keep track of who's who, who's mating. Because they're not who. they're not tagged or anything, they are have, they? They have names. They don't have tags, but everyone kind of recognizes who they are. I guess. Wow, that's amazing. It's incredible. So especially when you know this animal's name, you're even more connected, right? So the this lioness's name was Princess. <laughs> I, okay. weird. All the other lions had these really African, like strong African names. And this lioness has princess as her name. But so she left the pride. Her son doesn't have a name yet. Just, I think they wait to name cubs and to make sure they make survive. Sure they're going to survive. But Ooh, that's so sad. I know. I know. It's so sad. And so she's walking around and he's, he was, we were by this river and there was tons of hippos in the river and Uh hippos are snorting at each other and they're, Oh my God, they smell so bad. And they're, you know, (laughs) they're aggressive and they're, you know, kind of just all over each other and whatever. But he, this nine month old or six month old lion cub was so interested in what all the hippos were doing. And so it was so funny to watch him watch the hippos because he kept going to the edge of the river and he's looking at the hippos and he's trying to see what they're doing. And mom kept calling to him to be like, come on, son, let's go. Get away from that. Yeah, and she uses really deep, like kind of um, just baritone sound to like get him to be like, come on, dude, let's go. And she would get so close to our safari vehicle the cool thing about where we stayed it's called embu river river camp it is a hundred percent solar powered 
like zero carbon, just it was the most sustainable and impressive place I think I've ever seen in terms of how they approach um, ecotourism and just everything. So their safari vehicles are all electric and they're silent. And so animals, wow. you're, you're not like having a diesel engine because these are all like land cruisers. You got to be able to have, you know, four wheel drive and get through all this crazy terrain and mm-hmm. it's completely silent. And the way that our guide, Nas, kind of would set up where we were, the lionesses and the different animals and stuff would come super close to the vehicle. And they would come to us. Like, so it wasn't us, like, charging and, like, interrupting what they were doing, you know, and, like, entroaching in their space. They would come to us, which I was like, damn, this is so, this is crazy. You know, this is so impressive. And so we were stopped and this mama lion gets like, I mean, it's like eye contact type closeness. It is just, (laughs) oh my God, I've never, I've never had that before. I've never experienced that. Cause you always see like the big cats at the zoo and stuff. Like I was even closer than that to this lion and they don't care. They do not give a shit and they're just chill and walking by and Nas said it's because they know people aren't there to harm them. So in Kenya, they have a law where you cannot hunt in Kenya at all. So there's like no hunting, no poaching, nothing. And so especially on the reserve, like nothing is at risk of humans outside of, you know, again, poor safari uh, guides, maybe doing what they're not supposed to do, getting too close or um interrupting their hunts or getting close to babies or whatever. But again, our guide Nas was super respectful of them to the point where they got close to us on their own, which again, just was so incredible. But so she walks by and again, she just kind of like, she can look right at you. She knows you're there. (laughs) Like, like you could reach out and touch her if you wanted to, like I wouldn't, (laughs) but that's how close that she was. And then her little cub, was so funny. It was so cool seeing his interaction with her and with the hippos. And he would see like a bird on the ground and chase it and stuff. Like it was so cute. Like he was just like a normal kitten, but lion version. And he like hit, at one point he hid behind a piece of tall grass and like did the little butt shake and like jumped at his mom. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Adorable. But it was so cool being able to see their true nature and their true behavior in the wild. You know, you see it on TV or, you know, you don't get to see their true behaviors in zoos and stuff because most of the time time they're just laying around at the zoo. They're just snoozing or whatever because they don't have a lot of enrichment. But in in the Mara, they're constantly moving around. They're at different parts of the park the whole time. And this is just an open, this is just open wild land. And like just, again, seeing their normal behaviors and interactions was so freaking cool. So we saw those guys and that was my first like, oh my God, they're so close. And oh my God, they're they're so big. Like his feet, like even though he was a cub, we're so big. I was like, you're going to be a big dude. <laughs> it was very cool. Um, 
That's yeah, awesome. Every day we saw something different. Like the second evening we drove into the park, we saw two cheetah and they were brothers just hanging out together. Winda and uh, Olenyuk, I think his name was. So the, again, they know the names of these cheetahs. And there's only, I think they said like 48 or 46 cheetahs in all the Maasai Mara, which is 1,500 square kilometers. I don't know how much that is in miles, <laughs> square miles. Um, Me either. But it's a big-ass piece of land. And it made me actually appreciate cheetahs so much more because I didn't realize how hard cheetahs have it. Like you think, oh, it's a big cat, they're a predator, you know, apex, whatever. But apparently cheetahs are kind of the bottom of the totem pole because lions kind of rule the land. They're in big families. They're much bigger cats than even leopards and cheetahs. But everything, like, is killing cheetahs. So huh. all the family, cheetah families, so anytime they have cubs or whatever, these cheetahs have to stay constantly on the move because the lions are killing the cheetahs. Not to eat uh, or anything because they have plenty of... Just to herbivores. take out the competition? Just to take out the competition, yeah. Uh-huh. They're killing babies. They're killing mamas. Like, I was like, oh, my uh-huh. God, poor cheetahs. And they're so cute. And, oh, my God, they're beautiful. beautiful. Um, all of your pictures of the animals I would show to my kids at school, they were more more oh, more so I want to I want to see the giraffes I want to see the zebras I want to see the cheetahs oh that's so cute <laughs> they love them so I mean thanks I, for I understand I was with them on that because I loved seeing <laughs> it all um but yeah I just have this deeper appreciation now for cheetahs because I didn't realize how hard their life was I assumed if you're a big cat you're just a big cat and you just right you got it covered right but I didn't mm-hmm. realize, oh, nope, you got to worry about other big cats. And even if you are the biggest cat, the lions, you still got to watch your back because someone might kill your kids because you're not supposed to have kids because you're not top lion or, you know, maybe right. you mated with a lion from a rival pride and your your head guy knows that, that you did that. <laughs> so it kills your kids. No, it's brutal. It is so brutal. Um, and we actually, so the one of the days we're out, and so there's the, the biggest pride of lions, I think, is a pride of 27. It's called the Topi Pride. And there were 14 young lions from, I think, last year's cubs and there were two mamas that helped these kids essentially take down a buffalo. So they, we didn't actually see them kill the buffalo, but we saw them eating the buffalo, and we heard the buffalo dying. Oh, so, no. Yeah. It, yeah. No, it no. Was, so, yes, it, the whole scene is tons of safari vehicles. There's probably like 12 safari vehicles following this lion chase down of a buffalo and so we didn't actually see the kill happen but we were close enough where you can hear the buffalo up until you didn't (laughs) 
Oh man. oh man, yeah, that that would be the thing for me that I would not like about it's so hard because you root you root for the buffalo, but you're also like, oh, I really want this these but you need to, to eat. survive and eat. Yeah, yeah. So you heard the buffalo until you didn't, and then we were able to get in to see them eating the buffalo, which oh, it's Yay. it's cool, and then it's also like, oh, poor buffalo. And Nos was saying that because they're definitely inexperienced lions because they're usually mom teaches them to eat from the back forward. So like you eat the hind Because there's more meat or what? Thicker meat, you know, more yeah. substance or whatever. But they were like gnawing on its face. <laughs> so, ah! so gross. And like tearing its, it was nasty. So, yeah, but again, it's nature, but it's crazy to see it. Circle of life. It is. Oh, my God. Literally, <laughs> the whole time, it's like the circle of life. Did you just, did you just have the, the soundtrack just going through your head the whole time? Yes, the whole time. Even yeah. when we saw Princess and her cub, her cub was such a Simba, just like playing and doing. Well, that's exactly what it made me think of when you said he was hiding in the grass and Yes. Playing with mom. Like teaching himself. Like, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. And it was very much like, I'm like, I just can't wait to be king in a play soon or what. (laughs) (laughs) So that was just, I mean, that movie is fairly accurate. It was pretty, pretty incredible to see. Um, There is one discrepancy, though. Timon is a meerkat and meerkats live in... Namibia, which is a totally different country, they don't live in the Serengeti. So, all right, so they just threw him in there just for just comedic relief, there. or what? Yeah. So, <laughs> if it was gonna be accurate, he should have been a mongoose. <laughs> oh, we saw a lot of banded huh. mongoose. Mm-hmm. Which okay. again, another sad story. So we see these mongoose, and they're like ferret size, maybe a little bit bigger. And they run in these family groups, right? And Nas goes, oh, that one has a rat or a mouse. So it's eating a mouse or it's eating a rat. And we get the binoculars out, right? And we're looking closer. It's not eating a rat. It's eating a baby mongoose. No. <laughs> I know. So, I mean, not that eating a rat or a mouse is, is better, better but, but, like, but kind of better. I know. So it Ugh. stole a baby Brutal. Um, the rival mongoose family and killed it and was eating it. Again, brutal. Nature is fucking brutal. So, Oof. yeah, this little tiny baby mongoose is being eaten by this other mongoose because you're like, oh, look at the mongoose. How cute. Oh, God. Like, <laughs> what is happening? Uh, yeah. So, we saw those guys, uh, lots of those guys. And Speaking of Lion King, we saw so many warthogs, so many, so many pumbas everywhere, <laughs> and they're so strange looking in person. Mm-hmm. You know, Pumbaa kind of looks cool in the animated film, whatever, but like in person, they are so ugly, <laughs> <laughs> and they're constantly like running everywhere because I guess they're easy, easy targets. And they, I didn't know that they live in burrows in the ground. Huh. Yeah. They totally live in burrows underground, as do hyenas. We saw a lot of hyenas, too. 
Those baby hyenas were so cute. So cute. So it's funny because we walked, or so we weren't walking at that point, but we drove past their den and Nas goes, oh, watch, I guarantee you they'll run up to the vehicle. And I'm like, no way, right? So we get up to where kind of where their den was. Sure enough, the tiniest baby and the other two ran straight to the vehicle, like straight up to it. And we're like looking at it and trying to sniff it. And they were so, so close. And I was like, what is going on? Like these baby hyenas were just like, "What? who are you? What are you doing? It was crazy. I was like, there was no way that these little tiny babies, like, cause usually little babies are like, ah, run, hide. Timid. I'm, I'm yeah. Scared. Yeah. I don't know what this is. Nope. Not a hyena. Run straight up. Wow. To <laughs> actually being there really actually made me like hyenas a lot. They have such a bad rap, especially from the Lion King, you know, they're <laughs> scars, minions, and they're evil uh-huh. and or whatever. They're yep. they're not. They're just literally just hanging out kind of lazy all day. You usually see one just laying in the middle of the road or, you know, just trotting along. And they're just, they're really strange looking because their hind end is way shorter than their yes. front end. And so they like kind of mm-hmm. are at an angle and they're kind of just, they make weird sounds and they have weird fur, but I really think they're kind of cool. And I saw... Do uh, Did you hear one laugh? Yeah. So they would laugh or they would do this weird... Um, is it like a cackle kind of? Or what does it sound like? It's like a cackle, but also they do... They have like such a wide range of sounds that they make. And huh. so at and the River Camp, it's just... It's a camp that it has... It has got no fences. So it's just... Um, open in the Mara, right? So it's along a river, but anything can come into your camp. And so you would hear hyenas all night long, like making their calls or laughing or doing whatever kind of sounds that they were making. And because it's on a river, you would hear hippos all night. Oh. And the hippos come out of the water at night. And they graze because they don't come out during the day because their skin is so sensitive to the sun. So they spend all day in the water and at nighttime they come up onto the riverbank. And so we were in this, the only way I can describe it would be like glamping, like these really nice, like structured tents with these like beautiful beds and like kind of outdoor bathrooms. Um, Everything had running water, electricity, whatever, but it was still a tent. Right. So in front of the tent was the grass that the hippos would graze on. And so in the middle of the night, you just hear these, you know, snorting and every, they're eating and just, oh my God, it was so strange. So like the first night I didn't sleep well, not because I was like, oh, every, it's so loud here. I was like, what's that? What is that? What, what animal is that? What's, what's that one making that noise? And I just was so curious the whole night being like trying to identify what I was hearing versus like being upset that, you know, it's loud or whatever. It was just like, I couldn't stop my brain from being like, Ooh, what animal is that? What was that? Like a baboon like ran by in front of the tent, like (laughs) screeching at another baboon. Like it was just so, so crazy. Um, so yeah, you're just out in the wilderness. Right. And it was, 
it's so open to animals essentially that at nighttime so as soon as it gets dark if you needed to walk somewhere like to your tent or you know from like the dinner space to where your tent area was you had to have um an employee from the camp escort you to your tent and in the morning because you would leave your tent really really early in the morning before the sun even came up so that you could go on your sunrise game drive um they would have to escort you from your tent to again to the food area whatever and the people that work there are from the Maasai community. So the Maasai are, are historically a nomadic people who would just kind of travel around with their herds of cattle um, to different, you know, pasture areas of grass and land. And um, just the very, if you were to picture like an African, like tribal person, you would picture someone from the Maasai. And so they would okay. have these guys working at the camp. So they employ the local Maasai and they walk you to your tent and stuff with a spear. <laughs> Just in case <laughs> something pops out. <laughs> wow. So they have their flashlight and they have a spear. <laughs> that is how wild it is there. Um, but it was just, it, again, it just added to the experience and it was cool. Um, what else did we see? A lot of giraffes which I love. I love giraffe. They're so peaceful and so unique looking. You know, you've seen them at zoos and stuff, but like oh, yeah. just watching them cruise around, you know, and just the way they have to like put their legs out to even like reach the ground, <laughs> like stand awkwardly. They're just fun <laughs> to see. And we got some sunrises and some really beautiful, like just your typical, like beautiful African sunset. And one of the sunrises that we had some giraffe happened to be walking by. And so you had this beautiful, like sky changing sunset and the silhouette of a giraffe. And I was like, what? Like, so crazy. Is this real life? Yeah. Is this real life? Like what is (laughs) happening here? So the whole time it was just like, just breathtaking. Everything that was going on, um, and then let's see. We so we saw yeah a lot of giraffe, a lot of elephants. Not like as much as you would see. You saw a lot more elephants in the Kruger National Park in South Africa um, than we did in the Mara. But I was okay with. I love the elephants. I really really love them. But I was okay not seeing as many elephants because I was seeing so much of everything else. Um, and we saw. I think we saw lions every day pretty much every day um the other really pulled on my heartstrings one was another mama lion and her tiny tiny babies I posted a picture of her and her tiny tiny babies but so I guess earlier in that day mama had she she has four tiny tiny baby cubs like less than a week old and she left the pride to go be with her cubs because again, somebody might kill them, whatever she needs to protect them. So she takes them away from the pride. But when she took them away from the pride, she ran into a herd of elephants who also have babies. 
And so the elephants were really upset by her presence and were chasing her off. And so she left her cubs in this really tall grass and had to kind of lead the elephants away. And then in the, so that was in the morning. Then in the evening, she came back to where she left her cubs, but couldn't find them. I know. And then so, but so she kind of, she's super exhausted and she had an injury to her right front paw. So she couldn't put any weight on it. So she's limping around on three legs, like can't put any weight on her right front, trying to find her kids. She like lays down, she's sleeping and you can kind of hear her calling to them, but she's calling really quietly because there's a male lion nearby. I know, like, I look at your face, like, uh, so she can't give away her position because there's a male lion nearby that probably either wants to mate with her or kill her kids. And so she comes across, she finally finds two. She finds two of her babies and she's, you know, talking to them really quietly because they're so young. They, because she had been calling for them when she was looking for them, but they're so young that they don't know that they can respond to her. Whereas Princess and her cub, because her cub was older, you know, she would call to him and he'd be like, all right, mom, I'm coming. You know, and he'd follow. Whereas her babies don't, don't know to do that and don't know how to find mm -hmm. her. And so she eventually found two. And so she was trying to get those two to follow her to go find the other two because I guess she left the other two separately from the first two. <laughs> oh boy. I know. So I was like, how, and like, how did they not get trampled by the elephants? Like, are they going to be okay? What's happening? And so do we know if she found the other two? She did. So <sighs> I didn't see her find the other two. So it was, that, that was rough, but so I ended up following, there's this gal that knows all the big cats of the Maasai Mara and is, a, I think she's like an animal science student or something, but she lives in the Mara and posts about all the big cats. And that's essentially how I learned most of their names and stuff outside of Nos, um, who, you know, knew certain ones and told us. Um, but she, a couple days later... Like, Nas said that she would find them, but it was, like, getting dark at that point, and she, I only saw the two, um, but then they posted that they found, she found all four, so oh, I was like, oh, my God. But again, <laughs> in my mind, I'm like, she's limping, she's injured, how is she going to protect these four babies? They're so, mm -hmm. and they were so tiny, holy moly. Like, the pictures don't do them justice, but they were just little kittens. They were just, and they're meow. <laughs> like meow. Just meow. Yeah, because they're so small. That was, that God, they were so cute. But again, like, I, the whole time I'm just like, what's going to happen to them? Because mom can't defend them because she's hurt. And uh, how is she going to hunt and to provide them with enough milk? Because she can't hunt because she's hurt and just, I mean, the list is endless. My just, yeah, my heart was breaking for them. Uh, but let's see what else. Oh, and so we 
We were in the Mara for like four days, left the Mara, we're in Nairobi for I think two days, and then we were going to spend the last week doing something different, but because when we were there um, the second week, so Zanzibar the first week, Mara the second week, the third week, um, in the second week we didn't see the migration happen because it hadn't started yet. I guess it was starting kind of late. It all depends on what the wildebeest decide to do. The zebra were there, but the wildebeest hadn't come yet. And so we were like, well, do we want to go back to the Mara and see if we can catch the migration? You know, it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience. It only happens once a year. It's supposed to be the most incredible thing. And so we took the chance and we went back to the Mara and we were able to see the Great Migration start. So I guess it takes them about a month because so it's 1.5 million wildebeest that cross over I know cross over from Tanzania into Kenya into the Mara and they cross rivers and just because the um I think it's the Mara River that borders Kenya and Tanzania and so the wildebeest have to cross and so we were able to see the first mega herd Cross the river into the Mara and holy shit that is so cool because <laughs> I mean it's thousands of them just running full speed together they don't just like walk anywhere they're all running <laughs> and none of them seem to have any sense of actual direction so when we were talking to Nas our guide she goes yeah they they don't have a leader so there's not like a hierarchy in the wildebeest community, herds, whatever. And so the only way a, de a decision is made is by following a zebra. I was like, what? Okay, so there's some zebra mixed into the mega herd. And the zebra decide, we're going to cross. We're going to do this. And then they follow the zebra. <laughs> It's so bizarre because when you watch the wildebeest, it looks like a swarm of bees. Just like everybody's running in which direction. It doesn't like, and it's a, it's. They just massive. like ping pong off of each other yeah. or what? Oh yeah. And it, it's insane. They're just in, you look out and it's just a sea of black because they're all dark colored. And then you'd see the group run in one direction and then they all run back. And they run in a different direction, and then they all run back. It almost like so the whole time we're like, oh, they're gonna cross. Oh, nope, they're running back the other way. Oh, are they coming to the? No, they're going back the other way. It, it was back and forth, and then a zebra was like, all right, we're gonna do this. And so the zebra gets. All right, idiots, let's go. Let's, come on. And so the zebra cross, <laughs> and then the thousands of wildebeest follow them, and crossed into Kenya from Tanzania, and they're going full speed down these hills, like across the river. Luckily for them, we were at a part of the river that was pretty shallow, so there wasn't crocodiles waiting. Yeah, so at other parts of the Mara, so they'll cross at different parts of the river um, into Kenya, but some are more treacherous areas than others. And because this was the first 
part of the mega herd coming through, the predators hadn't quite caught on that the migration was starting, essentially. And so there weren't any crocs waiting for them, luckily. But I guess usually there's a pride of lions waiting and crocodiles in the water. And everybody's waiting for a wildebeest or a zebra to come through. Yeah. That would have been a sight. Yeah. So luckily for them, <laughs> they did not have that experience, at least the first group come in. Wow. But yeah, apparently it gets way more intense. And I, I'm like, if that was just the beginning of the migration, I can only imagine what it looks like when everybody starts crossing and it, especially at different parts of the river and stuff. But it was, it was like watching Discovery Channel in real life, in real time. <laughs> that was just, I mean, it was, it was pretty incredible. It was cool. And again, it's just really unique to see true animal behaviors in person. Mm-hmm. You know, you get what Discovery Channel or Not Geo decides to show you, you know, versus, right. you know, or what, however they edited or curated these whole storylines or these behaviors or whatever. But it was just cool to see how everything happens like in real life. Um, even just seeing, so there was this female cheetah that we had seen walk across the grasslands and all of the herd animals are losing their absolute shit. So there was these herds of Topi and Impala and Thompson's gazelles. They're, the Thompson's gazelles and the Impala are kind of like small deer and just, you know, all types of antelope. Definitely something a cheetah would eat, but clear she wasn't hunting. She was just kind of like sauntering through, but they all run at her. I know, right? So just, I'm like, I thought they all ran away. No, they get, they face, they face her and they run towards her. I I was just, that blew my mind. I was like, wait a second, What? Like they and you would watch them. They would run at her, and then they'd all run away, and then they'd run at her, and they'd like so. Even just seeing them do that, I was like, "What is happening?" <laughs> These herds are just doing this crazy behavior, and Nasa's like, "Yeah, that's what they do. They just they'll face her and they run at her. They run towards her so they can see her and see what she's doing. Because if their back is to her." then they can't see where she is or what she's doing or where she's going. So their choice behavior when they see a predator is to run towards it. <laughs> I was like, that seems so counterintuitive. <laughs> yeah. It was, huh. it was bizarre. How interesting. Yeah. But again, so I've interesting. never seen that happen. Like I didn't know that that was a thing. And, you know, I, uh-uh. I feel like I know quite a bit about animals, but that was a whole new thing. I had no idea that they did. Oh, yeah. Wow. Huh. Yeah. So it was just Strange. a few interesting things that we got to see and experience. Um, but yeah, the whole thing was, you know, you said pick three favorites and I'm like, I don't even know how to pick. You don't. You don't have to. It's okay. That whole thing. <laughs> it's all just really cool. Was there Was there anything though that you wanted to do that you didn't get to do? Um, not really. To be honest, because I didn't go 
with any real expectation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in Zanzibar, I thought I was going to do a dive and then I didn't end up doing one because the weather wasn't super awesome there. Um, we had a couple of really nice sunny beach days, but then some were kind of just windy and gloomy, but it was still warm and it was still beautiful. But not scuba weather. Yeah. So I, but I wasn't disappointed that I didn't dive because of the snorkeling that we did. Like in tropical waters and stuff, like if even if you dive, you kind of just see the same things that you saw via snorkeling. And mm-hmm. so I don't, I didn't feel like I missed anything. Like I didn't feel like I missed it. Okay. Um, so that was one thing I thought I was going to do that I didn't. And then um, the third week was kind of up in the air of what we were going to do. The options were to either go back to Embu, which is what we ended up doing going, you know, we went back to the Mara Sava migration. Um, we could have gone to Ambaseli, which is another national park in Kenya which apparently has just thousands of elephants and is another just really popular destination for safari. Um, We could have gone to a lake. I forget the name of the lake. Nakuru. Yeah. Lake Nakuru, which has a bunch of flamingos and rhino. I didn't, I've never seen a rhino in person outside again, again, a zoo, but Mm -hmm. um, apparently they have, rhino and flamingos there so that was another option and or it was to go back to the coast but it would have been like the kenyan coast um versus in tanzania so but we just really wanted to see the migration and be able to catch it so as technically we did the same thing twice by going back to embu but it's also embu again, the way that they run their business and their operation makes you want to support them since they are so eco-friendly, so sustainable. Um, and you know, they employ the local Maasai people. You just want to give them your business essentially. So I, I felt good about going back there one, cause it was amazing. And two, just, you know, you just want to support businesses like that. Um, We did some good restaurants in Nairobi. Shelby and Patrick really have found cool spots. Like they just, I don't know how they do it. I don't know if people tell them or they look it up or they research or whatever. But man, they're so good at finding cool (laughs) shit. And they've really found these really awesome restaurants and just great food really great food. Like I didn't know what to expect in terms of like food wise, what uh-huh. eat in Kenya and they have great restaurants. We went to one kind of coffee shop, but also restaurant that employs, I think 90% of their staff is deaf or of the deaf community, which I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like that's so just out of the ordinary but so inclusive and so cool and so like even when you order it's you know Shelby knows a little sign language so it's easier for her but even just you know ordering you have to like kind of point out like what you want you know yeah so but it was neat that they 
have those types of places. You know, you don't things mm-hmm. that you wouldn't expect. You know. Yeah. Um, did you have? Uh, did you find a new favorite meal? You know what? So my favorite meal probably there. So in Zanzibar, at the Airbnb we stayed in. It's, this is going to sound so bougie, but it really wasn't. <laughs> we had a private chef who would come and cook us dinner every night. And it sounds super bougie, right? Because a private chef in like Sonoma and Napa is like thousands of dollars. Like it's stupid expensive. For her, for four people every night was $30. $30 per meal. So that was actually another question I had for you. What, like how the currency compares to ours? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for okay. four people and private chef she would buy all fresh ingredients she would ask us like if there's anything specific that we wanted whatever $30 per meal and it wasn't per person per total total dinner wow isn't that crazy like $30 so here in the states you can't eat as a single person for $30 at a restaurant like no. we, yeah, like not, when not you like and I for go to dinner. Mary's, like each of us spend thirty dollars for yeah. our meal, right? And that's just a salad and breadsticks, you know, yep. versus this whole like nice meal. So the first night, because I don't eat fish, but obviously we're on an island, you know, so fish is what people are catching, you know, fresh. So Shelby. Patrick and my dad had fish. They had this tuna, I guess they claim it was like amazing, like these tuna steaks. (laughs) And then I had regular steak, you know, beef. And she made this amazing rice. It was so, 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 so good. And this like medley of like veggies and, you know, nothing in zanzibar and stuff in terms of like cooking is processed or whatever everybody it's just veggies from a garden or fresh catch of the day or like maybe they just butchered this cow which again sounds terrible but i mean it was so stinking good and again it was so cheap so cheap so what what did she do to this rice though what made the rice so good i don't even know I don't even know. So she sprinkled some magic on top or what? Magic. Yes. Definitely sprinkled some magic. Um, I honestly, like I should have watched her cook some of the things because I wish I could recreate them now. It was so, I don't know if it was like saffron of some sort, but she put a lot of, um, I never thought I was a coconut person, but she used a lot of, um, like coconutty type ingredients because again it's a tropical island. There's coconut everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, she used a lot of like coconutty type flavoring and stuff. Oh my god, it was just so good, <laughs> so so good. Um, All right. Yeah, so that was great. Just some really great restaurants. A lot of things are farm to table, um, and yeah, just I didn't expect great food, and it was awesome uh in Nairobi it's interesting too because it's a big city but they're I guess they're known as like the garden city which I didn't realize until I saw a poster of 
there was um, the Nairobi Marathon, I guess, the week before. And it said it was the Garden City. And I was like, actually, that makes total sense because there's just like plant life everywhere. And along all the roads in Nairobi, there are all these like fruit stands and people selling things like that's their informal economy. So everyone's kind of doing the hustle. They all have their own little like stand with fruit or veggies or maybe garden plants or whatever, but it's just green everywhere. Um, but there's constantly bustling around. There are constantly people walking around. You would have absolutely hated the driving though, because it is chaos. Chaos. <laughs> like, not only are you driving on the opposite side of the road, um, but there's no actual, like, I believe they probably do have formal driving laws, but I don't think anyone actually adheres to them. There's no stoplights. Mm-hmm. I think there's, like, one in Nairobi completely. But, I mean, people are passing each other constantly you're almost in a head-on collision like 90% of the time. It, people are just dodging potholes. Every, it's wild. I compared it to <laughs> Mario Kart. Like when you're playing Mario oh. Kart with people and people are like kind of bumping into each other. Maybe someone's driving in the opposite direction. People are throwing banana peels out their back, you know, <laughs> trying to make you crash. Passing people. Like it is legit <clears throat> Mario Kart out there wow yeah it's pretty wild i was just patrick is such a badass because he drove the whole time every like everywhere we went and uh, i i literally was like i would have cried within one minute and just stopped in the middle of the road (laughs) (laughs) it's that crazy (laughs) so wow you would have just because I know how you get road rage, but I think you just would have had to check out completely. <laughs> just close my eyes and let somebody else do it. Yeah, that's pretty much what I did. I just had to mm. check out anytime we drove anywhere. Because if you if you pay too close attention, it's just yeah, it's cutthroat out there. It's pretty wild. But and I, we were all joking with him. It's like, you can't, you better have, when you go home, you can't drive like this when you go home because <laughs> people are going to think you're absolutely insane. Wow. Yeah. So that was just different. Crazy. Interesting. But uh, yeah, it was just overall a really good experience. It was, it was a really long trip and like it did go by pretty quick. I had a couple moments of anxiety about being away because obviously I'm self-employed. And so for me, taking three weeks off of work, I started Mm -hmm. to kind of freak out like while I was there. Like beforehand, I was kind of like, I'll be fine. No big deal. But then it starts to set in like, you're not working. You're not getting a paid vacation right now your clients aren't getting in their workouts. And so I had a couple days, like if I got really tired from like jet lag or maybe didn't sleep well, the next day I would have like bad anxiety about being away from home and not working. And I'm like, 
oh man, what's my financial situation going to look like when I get home? And just, yeah, that, that got to me a little bit. Um, but other than that, the whole trip was just pretty awesome. I just really enjoyed, you know, being with my family and being with Shelby and Patrick. And then my dad, obviously getting, seeing him experience, you know, being in Africa and just being in Kenya and that was cool. And I think he really enjoyed it. And he just kind of every time we take him somewhere out of the country, he always just sees things in such a different way. Cause I think especially as you get older, you get really stuck in your ways and mm-hmm. especially if you're from a previous generation, maybe you have some kind of like bias or you just become, you know, kind of not a crotchety old man, but you know, you kind of <laughs> know what I mean. But so it was cool to see him kind of be able to step away from Sonoma County, step away from the U.S. and see that other people are living differently and get to see what Shelby and Patrick are doing in their work and be able to talk to them about, you know, what they're doing there and see what they get to experience on their daily. So that was, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, that was, that was awesome. But then traveling home was just so long. So, so long. Coming home is the worst. It's because you're done. The adrenaline's worn off from going. Yeah. You're tired from your trip. You just want to be home. And like the going there, you're excited. Right, because your trip exactly. is just starting, but the going home, you're just like, oh my god, can I just fucking be there? Be there. I'm so tired. I'm exhausted. Yeah, just want to go home. Yeah, and I was smelly from plane rides, and yeah. Just, did you have to take any of the little tiny like rickety planes? We did take the little tiny prop planes from Nairobi to Zanzibar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're just little propellers <laughs> and like little tiny seats and stuff. Yeah. We took a couple yeah. of those mm-hmm. to and from Zanzibar and Mombasa. So that was <laughs> otherwise, otherwise we had the big planes for the, all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was just, it was cool. It was a cool trip. So got to practice my so awesome. wildlife photography got to be a wildlife photographer for a couple of weeks <laughs> yeah you did great thank you yeah it was fun <laughs> I like I like being able to capture that kind of stuff it's just yeah you know so different were those all phone pictures no so I used uh Shelby and Patrick have I think it's a Sony or maybe a Nikon I don't know I forget but they have a nice camera with a really nice zoom. Okay. So that's how you got, you made it look like you were standing a foot from these creatures. Yep. Sometimes I truly was that close. And then sometimes I was using, yes, a nice zoom camera. (laughs) Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes way more sense. Cause I was going to say, damn, your phone camera is ridiculous. Yeah. No, some, some were from phone, some were from the camera. Some of the videos of, like the lions like walking by like that was just on the phone like not even zoomed in because mm-hmm. it they were just wild freaking close so crazy it was wild so cool. if you ever go if you're ever wanting to go on safari go to the Masai Mara it's incredible absolutely well your trip definitely made me go man when's the last time I even left 
country. Uh, I know, because you used like, to travel quite a bit. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't left since like 2010. Damn, 13 years? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Wow, that is a long time. Yeah, it's been, it's been a while. So that makes, makes me feel me, like I need to, that makes me need think, to go somewhere. Yeah, that makes me think we need to plan a trip <laughs> for next year, maybe two years or now. <laughs> yeah. That would be really fun. I, th- I think so. I'm in. <laughs> where would you go? What would I'm ready. You, where would you want your first trip <sighs> in a long time be to? I don't know. I didn't really have to think about that. Because mm. there's so many places that I want to go. So. Do you think it would be Europe? Maybe. Somewhere in Europe? Go back to Europe. Yeah, you were, it's been yeah, even longer been, since I've been to Europe. Yeah, you've been quite a few places there already, though. So would you want to revisit somewhere that you've already been, or would you want it to be somewhere brand new? Um, No, I mean, I'd want to go to new places. I mean, there's some that I would definitely go to again because mm-hmm. I didn't see enough. Do you have – so even if you don't know, like, the first one that you would go to as your first big, like, trip in a while, what are your top three or four? Italy. Okay. Um, Switzerland. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, those are definitely my top two. I would really actually like to go back to Scotland. Oh, Even though okay. I went to school there for that semester, I still don't feel like, I felt like I, I did way more traveling outside of Scotland than. Oh, rather than in Scotland. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Switzerland. Scotland. Okay. Any other ones? Oh, so I'm. Oh, all, all of them. them. Yeah, but those are <laughs> all the ones that come to mind first. Oh, that's awesome. I would, I would really love to go to all three, uh, for sure. And Switzerland's definitely on my list, and Scotland is pretty much very close to the top, if not the top. So. Okay. Yay! Let's make let's it happen. Go. <laughs> I would love that. That would be super fun. But I'm, little, I'm like, I need a little travel break. <laughs> oh, well, I don't have any vacation time right now, so. <laughs> so I'm like, next year or maybe two years from now, we'll go. <laughs> yeah. That would be really fun. Sometime in the next couple of years. Yeah. Oh, just, it's so fun to travel. It really is. I mean, there's definitely like some downsides to travel, but the upsides are so up there that it just kind of overpowers the kind of the downsides, like the financial or the time mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, I mm-hmm. you see these things that like your money will return, but your time won't, you know, and it's just stuff like that. When I see that, I'm like, so true. Like I'm not, when am I going to get the time otherwise to go? travel to Kenya and with my family and see the great migration. And I mean, it's, that's not something people do on a regular basis, you know? Right. So. Absolutely. You know, when I'm 92 years old, am I going to be like, I'm so glad I stayed home and worked for that three weeks or am I going to (laughs) be, you know, like I'm going to look back and be really glad that I got to experience what I experienced. So definitely yeah 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 the regret will definitely be not doing it exactly so I'm glad that I went yeah. I had a great time um 
and yeah, I get to take a lot of those memories and keep those, so feel good about it. Good. Yeah. I'm glad. I am glad you're back, though. Me too. <laughs> vacation <laughs> is great. I am definitely glad to be back. <laughs> it's funny, you just kind of start to crave your routine again, and just want your like normalcy I don't know just I as much as the routine becomes kind of mundane and boring eventually I don't know something about you just want to be back in it just after you take a break from it so absolutely did, well and there's something to say about you know being in your own home and in your own bed and with I mean, you know for me I really 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 missed my dogs a lot. Really, I bet. I really bet you did. missed my dogs. I thought about them. I'm sure they missed you too. Day. Yeah. Um, but one thing that it was cool that I was able to do was I was able to work out the whole time that I was gone. And I know for some people that sounds super crazy. Like, why are you working out on vacation? I like movement and I like <laughs> to be able to work out and not because I'm like, oh, I want to you know, look a certain way or whatever. I just like to move. I like to exercise and I really wanted to maintain some semblance of my strength. Um, and being gone for three weeks is a long time. So like if I'm going on a week vacation, I'm probably not going to work out. Like it's a week. It's fine. But when it's three weeks, I would like to do something. And in Nairobi, there's this gym called Dojo. And it was super, super close to Shelby and Patrick's place that they live in. And it is freaking gorgeous. It's not a big gym. It's so green and beautiful. And they have these big open doors. So you feel like you're working out outside. And outside is all like turf. And also they have like this like rope style like jungle gym looking thing it is and there's beautiful like green garden and beautiful plant plant life it is so 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 pretty and they have great showers and the water pressure is excellent (laughs) (laughs) so um just getting to go and work out there I think I worked out while I was on this trip probably like three to four days a week which pretty damn good for vacation well yeah well especially when you're just saying you know you miss your routine that's part of your routine exactly so it makes sense that that's something that you wanted to get in there yeah exactly so I worked out there when I was in Zanzibar I did just 30 minute body weight workouts because I would my jet lag was still kicking in so I would wake up at like four o'clock in the morning and just be kind of like twiddling my thumbs. Like, what am I going to do? So I would get up at like, get, finally like get out of bed at like five, five thirty. I would do like a 30 minute porch workout with the porch is facing the Indian ocean, this beautiful beach. Like I posted some pictures from it. And so it's not like it was a bad place to work out. Right. So just do mm-hmm. these 30 minute body weight workouts, just to get some movement in. And then I'd go for a walk on the beach. So it was just, just really pleasant. Just very nice. Sounds right up your alley. Yeah. And then Embu in the Masai Mara had a little gym space 
in it and it was again it's just facing the Embu River and just open to the outside and beautiful I worked out there I think only did one workout there and I didn't even feel that good doing the workout because I so the water <laughs> you don't you're not supposed to like drink the water or use the water to even like brush your teeth they give you like clean filtered water but mm -hmm. I didn't drink the water but what I did was I rinsed my toothbrush with the sink water and not with the bottled water that they put next to the sink and then I brushed my teeth with said toothbrush and did not feel good after. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so the next day, my stomach did not feel good at all. I did a workout and then basically just, like, went through up after. <laughs> so I felt like garbage that day. Um, it only lasted, like, two, maybe three days of not feeling super great. But it wasn't, like, in pain, like, the worst type stomach stuff, whatever. It just was like, mm, this does not feel good. Um, uncomfortable nauseated yeah and just because in kenya in general like they just tell you don't do anything with tap water um but yeah in um and i did not because they're they're there specifically they you, they recycle their water their wastewater and so their running water is even worse than probably in the city of nairobi and that was the water I happened to just blank on and put on my toothbrush. And, yeah, done fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> that was a mistake. So, yeah. Oops. That was the only, like, oh, that sucked. But, you know. Yeah. You live and you yeah. learn. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, that's pretty much sums up the trip. That was my recap. Amazing. Yeah, that was good. But now, just getting back to work and normal life, pretty much. So Normal life, yep. Yeah, it was good. Good, good. So, should we do our rose and our bed and our thorn and what we're watching? Sure. Do you have a... Let's do... What's your thorn first? <laughs> so, this morning... I got out of the shower mm -hmm. and I was drying off and I went to dry off my shoulder because I felt like water dripping and I turned and there was a spider <laughs> just hanging out on my shoulder. So what did you do? Well, so, okay. So, you know, usually like if I get scared or startled, I mean, you've heard me, I go, Oh, you know, like that, ah. yeah. but not like I, Oh, freaked out <laughs> oh, I mean no. limbs like flying all over the place <laughs> all kinds of squeaky noises oh no oh, I'm so sorry it's like and I just nightmare. have been thinking about it all day it just hits me sometimes and I'm like Ugh. So <laughs> it's like your bare skin and not just like on a <sighs> shirt yes on the bare skin I'm just curious like where the fuck did this thing come from how right? in the hell did it, just, like, drop did it get Mission onto my shoulder. Style on your shoulder. <laughs> oh my god. Oh yep. yeah. That'll probably be my thorn for quite some time. Uh yeah, you're gonna have nightmares <laughs> on that one. You're gonna have to like cover yourself completely every time you're in the bathroom now. 
I'm wondering if it was on my towel. And when I started to dry off, it kind of just... Seems more logical than it deciding to Mission Impossible Bump its way. I mean, that is possible. It is, but it is more possible. likely that it was chilling on your towel. But still, <sighs> not fun. No. Uh-uh. So that was that definitely was not a fun thing for you today. What is your no. rose? What's your rose? I got a new dresser today. Oh, fun. Oh, cool. I have to, I have to build it, but... Oh, still. Where'd you get it from? Kind of a fun thing. Ikea. Oh, nice. Very cool. However, Warren told me, because they got, they got, just got this dresser too. It took him six hours to put it together. So I can only imagine how long it's going to take me to put it together. Whoa. Okay. Hmm. Might need to recruit <laughs> yeah. a little bit. It was help like the instructions that. are not good. <laughs> Damn. Well, if you want help, I'll come over. <laughs> okay. Uh, I probably won't. I mean, I feel like I'm pretty. I'm I'm pretty good with building furniture, like putting it all together. But yeah, if it took him that long, I know, and he's handy. He's a handy guy too. He is. Yes. So shit. I don't know. I don't know. I guess you'll find out. Mm. So, what is your? Mm -hmm. What's your bed? Uh, I think just all my new kids getting to know all my. Yeah, looking forward to it. All my new personalities. That's cool. That's good. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. So what's your thorn? Uh, My thorn is my jet lag. I'm so tired. Mm -hmm. And just trying to play catch up and kind of, it's hard not to be anxious about, like, having been, you're three weeks behind. And it's not like I have, like, paperwork or something piling up, but it's three weeks of just doing nothing work-wise mm-hmm. so that's stressing me out a little bit um so yeah just I'm tired and usually when I travel internationally I like to fly back on like a Friday or a Saturday so that I at least have one day to kind of regroup and kind of sleep and just get my act together before I go right back to work on a Monday. A little recuperation time. Yeah, but flying back on a Monday and then working Tuesday, it's not like my day was all that hard today, but at the same time, I just, you just, you want to do laundry and you want to grocery shop and kind of just chill and do nothing. Catch up on those normal life things and you weren't able to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. That's kind of of my thorn today. Um, my rose is, I'm just happy to be home with my doggies. I miss that. And sleeping in my own bed. Oh, so much mm-hmm. more comfortable. Like, it's not like I didn't sleep all that well. I was on vacation. Um, the beds that I slept on just weren't comfy. Um, so I'm just very happy and grateful to also be in my bed and to have a washing machine where I can do my laundry. Um, in Nairobi, we didn't, or anywhere, we didn't have, uh, a washer for clothing and just, you get sweaty and gross and having to either hand wash your clothes in the bathtub or the sink. And then it takes like two to three days for everything to dry. And half the time you put it out on a sunny day and then it's still not dry the next day. And then it fucking rains on your clothes so yeah it's a whole thing um so yeah just grateful 
for things I have here and being home. And I'm looking forward to just getting back in my routine and just kind of mm-hmm. starting to let that anxiety of not working for three weeks subside and get back to normal. So Totally. Yeah. Wait. Another ro- another rose that I have though is that we've started Wednesday night dinners again. Oh yeah. So it's I been I mean, it's only been it's only been a week, but it's been nice you getting to see week. everybody too. Hmm? You went last week? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I know we have it tomorrow, but I'm it's it's a Tuesday as we're recording this. You'll hear this on a Wednesday. Right. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm so tired. I probably won't go tomorrow, which I have to tell uh, But I'm they, sure everybody they will understand. understand. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. What are you watching this week, or what have you been watching? Um. So I there's not a whole lot on actual TV right now. So summertime. I have been. Well, I've been rewatching a show. What are you rewatching? Arrow. I feel like I talked about this um, on one of our other ones because it's like eight seasons long, so it's taken me a while. What are you watching? to rewatch? Arrow. Arrow. Oh, you didn't mention that on one of the other ones, but oh, that I didn't. Is a great okay. Show. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I love it, and it's still just as good second time around. Um, but also, the one that's on TV is Claim to Fame. Is that with the Jonas Brothers? Uh, Kevin mm-hmm. and well, with Frankie? Kevin and Franklin. Yeah, Franklin. Okay, yes. Franklin. Yeah. I like it. It's silly, you know, but it's fun. All right. Cool. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Did you watch anything while you were gone or? I did because I downloaded some Netflix shows onto my phone. So when I had downtime, I would watch Netflix on my phone. Mm -hmm. Um, I was watching Titans. Have you ever seen it? I don't think so. It's a superhero show. So I'm surprised you haven't. Titans. I think there's. It sounds like a superhero show. Three seasons on. Okay. Netflix. Write, write it down. Yeah, Titans. Netflix. Okay. And it's on. Um, so the characters are Robin from Batman. His name is okay. Dick Grayson, and he quit being Robin, and decided to go and do the Titans, which was, um him as Robin and super not sorry not Supergirl but um Wonder Girl so not Wonder Woman but like Wonder Girl so it's basically like the sidekicks of the bigger superheroes come together (laughs) Titans um but it's good it's decent you know it's just okay entertaining I'm into it you know superheroes I like superheroes um, it's not Marvel it's DC I think DC yeah 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 Good one. Highly. Maybe that maybe that's why it sounded familiar because I have heard of it. I just haven't watched it yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um that's what I've been watching lately. Okay. Yeah. But did I'll... you uh did you read anything while you were gone? No. <laughs> no, no downtime or anything for that? No, I had you know, I obviously do some like audiobooks and stuff. Mm-hmm. But... Well that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. That's re- that's reading. That's fine. Yeah. Um but I was any time that I was, you know, had free time to like watch TV or something, it was kind of either mm-hmm. like at nighttime or like super, super early in the morning because my jet lag. And so otherwise I would just kind of like hang out around everybody. And okay. even if they were just reading, I was probably just like scrolling on my phone or something. Um, 
but yeah, didn't read anything. But they they all read. I did not. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, that's yeah. funny. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we got to at least record and uh, via Zoom since I was yes I would have been way too tired to drive to record this in person. So this works. Completely out. understandable. Yeah. But um, yeah. Otherwise, we'll be in person for the next episode. So. Yeah. Yay. All right. Well, thank you. Yay. Thanks for Zooming. Yeah. We'll see you soon. Yeah. All right. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye, everybody.